Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome in to Kentucky Roll Call, Tuesday, March 7th, Championship Week. Roll along here on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. I am Nick Roush. He is Justin Kalen, TJ Walker. One more day before he's back with us on the Big X Airwaves. And in his stead, a special guest appearance from our friend from ASEA, Blue as Justin Kalen describes in the best voice in all of Kentucky sports media, one young Dylan Bauer. Dylan, how are you doing this lovely Tuesday morning? I'm doing good, Roush. I appreciate you all having me on. Justin, I appreciate you with uh, the kind comments. I, I, I do get asked everywhere I go where I'm from, and people expect a, <laughs> uh, you know, a reference of saying, like, somewhere in eastern Kentucky, uh, you know, like the Harlan Hazard, somewhere in that. But I'm, I'm from I'm from Richmond, Kentucky, so I think it's cool. just my family and kind of the people I'm around. I love but, it. Uh, doing good. At, hey, Nick, let me ask you this: uh, Do you know of anyone else who considers a you know a six or seven day vacation an extended weekend? Um, Trevor Kelsey and TJ Walker. I think that's it. <laughs> You're two radio guys are the only guys. I mean. It's okay, guys, to call it what it is. People who work hard, like like TJ, deserve a nice vacation. But I, I don't know if a you know a Thursday to uh, to to Wednesday uh, trip is considered an extended weekend. Yeah, yeah, I um, I think it's an HR problem we have here. It's it's <laughs> it's really HR has warped our bra- uh, brains. Um, we 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 got to fix that HR. What the hell? Yeah, that's. Uh, but I hope they're having a good time, Roush. Um, before we get into sports, I, and I know I just got a quick question because me mm-hmm. and a friend were having a debate, and okay. I know y'all kind of do this kind of banter, anyways. The first segment. Oh, what do you we love the witty, having? unrelated banter, especially uh, on a Tuesday where you know, I mean, Kentucky doesn't play till Friday. There's stuff happening in the sports world, but it's not pressing. Um, so please hit hit me with your uh, unrelated debate. What do you guys in the spring keep your house on, like temperature-wise? Like, I know some people do 72, some people do 68. Where do you guys keep your house temperature about this time of year? (laughs) 
Scoots, I want to hear yours first because mine is I'm definitely an outlier in this. Yeah, yeah you're okay. you're a tightwad, so I expect it's gonna be pretty high. Um spring's tough for me, Dylan, because you get the temperatures bouncing around. Some days it'll be hot, and then it gets cold at night. So I tend to keep mine on about 64, 65 Ooh. this time of the year. Just because nice. if, if it gets like too hot in the house, you can open some windows most of the time. And I, and I refuse. As much as I love the AC, I refuse to turn it on at the beginning of March. Uh, man, I'm glad we're on the same page here because I would think 65 for heat is like too frigid for some. But, I mean, like you said, the, the, we're, we're getting uh, a lot of people. I see a lot of people calling this fall spring. I think it's just spring. And then we're going to – we might get a few cold spills here and there. Uh, but really the 65 is – Warm enough at night, and then during the day, you don't really use it, and you can just kind of open the windows here and there from time to time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a 65-er is, is about where I keep the thermostat at. Dylan, are you warmer, colder, hotter? This is this is crazy because most people told me I was crazy because I keep mine on like 64, and both of you guys are right in that same boat. <laughs> I mean, my friend group was making fun of me, and now I, I was like, the two the two guys I'm doing radio with are right in the same boat. During now during the winter, uh, me and my college roommate we lived together for three years. We used to do a challenge with like it was it was a co challenge. Like we were doing this together against the rest of our friends of how long we could go without turning the heat on. I mean sometimes we'd make it up into January. Uh, we we loved it. It get to I mean it would become a stubbornness thing. We sometimes it'd get to fifty degrees or in your in the house, but we were going to show everybody that we could. But we just had a little conversation about that last night on our way to the thirteenth region championship. We went down there to watch Reed Shepherd, and I I'm working on some articles about some stuff about Reed, and we went down there and covered that game, and we were having that conversation on the way down there. I was like, I'm gonna have to ask that. I know during that first segment, get a little questions to see. <laughs> I expected Roush to be around the 65 range. Scoots, for some reason, I expected you to be like a 70-year-round guy, no matter what the temperature outside oh, was. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I like to I like to be cold when I sleep. That's what it boils down to for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I keep it around there. And unless it's the summertime, I'll keep it up to, uh, I want to say on average, we got it about 72 in the house in the summertime. But that's just because if I put it on 65, it's literally going to run all day. And next thing I know, I'm not going to have any money. Yeah, and you don't sweat or uh, produce body odor. That's right. So you don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Come on. Yeah. So, Dylan, you got to go down to the 13th region final last night. There were four different uh, regional final games, and then today, I think almost all of the rest of the games are being decided. There might be another one that gets kicked to Wednesday, but a ton of regional championships. On the boys' basketball side, the girls' Sweet 16 starts tomorrow. Uh, Reed, Reed and Co., they, they put it on Corbin, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, I have a girlfriend who's got a nephew who plays down at Corbin, so I actually went and watched them play a couple times this year. And the one game I went to, uh, they played Knox Central, who has been a thorn in Reed's side since he's been at North. Now, I know all their good players that had been a kind of a core group were gone but Corbin just played well together they were hitting threes all that game they ended up beating them by like 50 something and then last night man the wheels came off and Mm -hmm. Corbin they 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 run that flex action Nick off the corner and go then try to kick it out for threes and or 
or find a penetrating lane, and nothing was falling for them. And I mean, Reed, Reed and company almost lost. They were down like seven uh, the first game of the tournament against Harlan Independent uh, and needed a buzzer beater from Reed's cousin, Ryan Davidson, to win. But now last night they were just uh, reading them, just poured it on them. And I mean, they, they honestly could have picked the score to kind of clinch their ticket to go play in Rupp next week. Yep. Final score ended up being, um, and I just had it in front of my face, uh, 70 to 33. North Laurel got the W, and they could be joined. We, we could have a, a scoring showdown here at, at, at the Sweet 16 because. Uh, Travis Perry's Lyon County, they will play Hoptown, Hopkinsville, in the second region final tonight. Like I said, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, ten games tonight. Yeah, regional championships from the seventh and eighth, uh, closer to Louisville, to uh, kind of your neck of the woods. Actually, we don't have any in your neck of the woods. Um, but there, there, there was an exciting buzzer beater last night. Um, in the 11th region final, right there at Eastern Kentucky University, Douglas got the big three with, I don't know, 10 seconds on the clock to, to take the lead and won their first 11th region title. Um, that was exciting. Uh, to Beating Lexcath. Um, I'm sure you frequent that 11th region title, that, that tournament, quite a bit. Um, it, I like that it's not always a Lexington school. That wins that. It feels like one of the more competitive ones, even though it it does change hands so many times. Yeah, see, that's uh, that's the region I played in high school, and uh, we we have still yet to. Well, last year we did, but before last year we had never won a game in the eleventh region. But we went every year because two teams go from each each district, and I'm talking about in the history of our school. I went to Madison Southern uh, mm-hmm. because it's a. Uh, it's a tough region, but like you said, it's always changing hands who it is. Uh, uh, and Frederick Douglass, the man, they've got a good team this year. I knew it took them a few years to kind of get the basketball rolling. Football was kind of instant. But that, that buzzer beater was that – was, that was a nice shot I saw it on Twitter. And I'm at that th- 11th region tournament generally every year. Mm-hmm. Somebody will come right. ask me to come help them. Now, did your I, – I thought I was looking it up last night. How did your DeSales Colts do last night? I can't remember. I really couldn't find it. Wait, before we get – before we get – Roush, before we get to that, I want to address the whole buzzer beater situation. Because you said it, Roush, and Dylan said it. If it was 10 seconds left on the clock, it was not a buzzer beater. It was game winner. I know, but it's just – Excuse. This is you being nitpicky with a broadcaster. And if we were on an actual broadcast, you wouldn't describe it as a buzzer beater. But when you hit a shot like that, that, everybody knows that a shot with 10, 15 seconds left – it was the it was the big game winner. Okay, I, I was just disappointed because I was expecting this big story. He had a game winner as time expired. Crowd rushed the floor, but no, it was well, 10, ten seconds left. I, Very anticlimactic. I got a little distracted because I was trying to push off the uh, the conversation about one game in particular because why? <laughs> I, I see that. Avoided... I just went to I just went and looked at your Twitter. I'm seeing that now. That, yeah, that, yeah. I'm sorry um, about that. So we're we're gonna push it off a little bit more because there was a story that I don't think we talked about on this show where Lyon County's biggest threat in the second region was University Heights, uh, the home of Scotty Hobson. But uh, the private school down there has is, is been good for a long time. The coach got arrested for drug trafficking a week 
like the final week of the regular season, and that kind of did it for him. Um, so Travis Perry getting a leg up. Do we think somebody narked on him from Lyon County to make sure that Perry was able to get a way up? I don't know, but uh, pretty crazy to get drug trafficking charges for a high school head basketball coach. Yeah, the timing of that's kind of weird, isn't it? I know, like, that's like funny bander to go back and forth about it, but I'm sitting here thinking about that. Like, for real, like, this guy, he's been coaching for years. Like you said, University Heights, they, they were, they've kind of been good in that region. But to, that to happen the week before the region tournament when, when uh, all time state's leading scorers having to go up against it, uh, to, to go to rub against another Kentucky commit, that's, it's kind of sketchy, Roush. I'm, I'm thinking there's a little something something going on behind the scenes somewhere. Uh, also, uh, what, what are you doing dealing drugs as a high school head basketball school, coach? For real. Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> I mean, come on. I know they don't pay well, but still. You could su- find supplemental income elsewhere. Yeah, like most of them yards in the summer or something. Not, not deal drugs. Yeah, seriously. So, be a real estate mogul like the sports soccer, you know? I mean, the, yeah. The, don't need to be getting in the in the the the, the cane business, but I guess we got to talk about my DeSales Colts because man, I could I could feel it in my bones. I could feel it coming. Love them to death, but man, it was the same story that has cost them big wins all year long. It was almost identical to their loss to Ballard at home, where they were up five in that game with a minute to go and lost after giving up either three or four second-chance looks off offensive rebounds um, and missing a bunch of free throws. They lost that game uh, when Ballard hit a three. This time, it was three second-chance opportunities after two turnovers, and I think they were four They were four of 12 at one point from the free throw line. Um, but, yeah, gave up, had a six-point lead with a minute to go, gave up a three, turnover, bucket, Turnover, made a couple foul shots, up by one with 30 seconds left, can't get the rebound, can't get the rebound. Guy hits a reverse layup, a pretty miraculous reverse layup, eight seconds left. We get one last look, and it's just short off the front of the rim. The Sweet 16 was within our grasp. The first time since 1979. The second time ever. And we're just short. It was devastating. Brutal. <sighs> I hate it. I hate it so much for those guys, those kids. They're a good ball team. They did a lot of the hard, the difficult leg work to get to this point, and I, I know it was. It, they could feel it. The game was in within reach, and they just <sighs> they couldn't. They couldn't close the door. They couldn't get it done. Yeah, that reverse layup was. Now that I was watching it there when we were talking earlier, and that was that was that was kind of crazy. And then all the rebounds. But Roush going into that game, I don't keep up with that region much. Did were you were you expecting them to win? Like I know there's no technical favorites in high school basketball. Uh, how 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 was how were you expecting the J Town matchup to go? They were. If you were setting a line, it would have been like one point or two points either way, because both teams upset. They were the dogs in the semifinals that Scoots called on Saturday. So. Um, it really could have gone either way, but here's the thing. J-Town had been there before, and when you've been there before, you play a little bit looser in those late-minute situations, and I always worried about that because, you know, when you haven't been in so long, there's always it, – it's it's very difficult to get over that hump. So 
I worried about that. And ultimately, J-Town's experience helped them out down the stretch. Back-to-back six region titles for the Chargers. So, good for them. But, my gosh. I was, I mean, I was already looking forward to waking up early, um, getting to Rupp Arena. They, the, the six region plays the first game, that 11 a.m. tip-off on Wednesday. I was, I was already trying to, like, ooh, I don't I don't think I have any plans. We have to get there. Go, yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I. That's rough. I know that we. Um, when I when I was at Madison Southern, of course, we had Damian Harris, and we before Damian and our new coach came through, we had. I mean, we would go like zero and twelve every single season in football, and whenever our new coach got there, and then a couple years later, uh, Damian Harris got there, we. We were like three years in a row, one game away from going mm. to the state tournament. I were going to the state championship, and uh, Pulaski County had uh, t- uh, two just really good players: one guy at quarterback and one guy wide receiver. And it just felt like that every year, like of oh my gosh, we are never going to get there. And then actually, after we graduated, our group graduated two or three years later with a team that nobody expected. They went on a mag- magical run and went to state and lost to uh, Michael Mayer and uh, and that group. But I, yep. I know what you're Michael saying. Like it feels like you're, yeah, it feels like you're almost there every single year. And, you know, you've got the number one player in the country. And uh, you just – we were always just a, a play away or, a, or you know what I mean? It's, it was – it's heartbreaking when you're from a – I know that, you know, that they've had they've had some sports success, but when you're from a school that's not been there yet, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's it's tough. Our, well, our, and – and that's what makes March, the Sweet 16, so great, but also so awful, so bittersweet. It giveth and it taketh away. Um, with Championship Week ongoing right now, we got to see a little bit of uh, that heartbreak avenge. I don't know how close you all pay attention to the SOCON, um, but last year, Furman had not been to the NCAA tournament since 1980. They hit a three with, I want to say, five seconds left. Oh, Maybe buzzer beater. I mean, it was very little time on the clock to take the lead. And then UT Chattanooga went down and responded with a three of their own. At, with the, I mean, he barely got the shot off to win it. And they had to endure that. They had to endure that loss, watch that replay, replay through their minds over and over again. And then last night they finally got their revenge and actually kind of put it on in Chattanooga. Scoots, you, you, I, did, you, did you place that bet on Furman like I told you to? I did not, but I should have. I, I saw that final score and I was like, damn it, Roush was right. Man, the money even moved down. It went down minus three. So um, the, the Paladins, they're back in the big dance. And that's the, the, the kind of lovely, beautiful double-edged sword at this time of year. It giveth and it taketh away. Right now I'm reeling, but you know what? I think that means we got some good karma for the Cats coming our way. We'll, we'll talk a little bit, pick Dylan's brain about the Cats in the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. And uh, we're also going to talk spring football because Mark Stoops, he opened things up yesterday. He had a lot of things to say. Uh, we got injury updates, competitions, and there's already one player, one new guy who's caught his eye. So we'll take our first break a little early. And we'll get to that and so much more right here on Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio. Like, ha, ha, ha. Return of the man. Return of the 
Kevin. Yeah. That is my name. Yeah. They call me Kevin. Yeah. Because that's my name. Roll Call. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Big X. Sports Radio. 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. Nick Roush hanging out with all Justin, Bustin, Kalen, and filling in for the sports talker TJ Walker is our pal Dylan Ballard from a sea of blue. Dylan, I enjoyed our – We it, it's fun having you, different conversations off air. It's kind of like um, – the the one side effect of the pandemic that I really missed is the uh, the bullcrap small talk you would get in the little media powwows beforehand. Because so you don't really do that over Zoom. Um, it's kind of similar here, where you, you I, I love just the the chit chat. Chit chat is so much fun. I, I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm going to be driving my kids nuts when I'm older, and they're trying to go, and I'm just chit chatting with people because I I love a good chit chat. Me too. Every single media event. Uh, especially the basketball ones, while we're waiting on Cal. I love it because it's like the most Kentucky thing ever. I get the same question from about 25 media members. They'll walk up. Media is not all I do. I own a business as well, and they'll walk up and be like, how's business around Lexington? I get the same question, and it's like, you know, thanks for being nice and asking, but it's the same as it was Tuesday night at the home game. <laughs> <laughs> it's going strong. And, uh, and then, you know, it's the same little banter and I, I, I love it. I love it. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's cool and fun to, to kind of, I missed that too while we were doing all the zoom stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, we got story time of you playing wide receiver and blocking for Damian Harris. Don't, don't worry folks. It, it you, you didn't miss the most. It, it's not like, like getting some of these guy, media guys who've been around for 20-some odd years, there was one time where I did Bring Your Dad to Work Day, a.k.a. we had a, a dinner in town shortly after one of those Thursday Mark Stoops sessions that lasts about three minutes. So beforehand, I, I, I got I got one of the guys on storytelling time back when uh, like Patino was here. And those, those are just hilarious, right? Like those kind of uh, – those fun old media stories. So um, – it's good. It's fun. I, 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 that's why I'm glad spring practice is back because we get back into the nitty gritty of things, showing up regularly to hear from the coaches. And uh, there's certainly a point in the season where it might get a little repetitive. Um, but at the beginning, it's always really exciting because you're seeing everybody again for the first time and then you get – some newsy stuff and Dylan, we got some newsy stuff yesterday from Mark Stoops. Was there anything in particular that jumped out to you more than, than anything else? Yeah. And of course I know it's, I mean, I think it was you that even reported it, that uh, we, we talked a lot about Devin and his, uh, his throw. And I know originally you told everybody that he was going to throw, going to do all that, but it, um, and it's, he, hearing Mark talk about it and he, he was there. Somebody was asking him, oh, was he on a pitch count? Was it? He was like, well, I think the trainers have him on a pitch count, but the way that we run practices, I couldn't tell it. It didn't hinder us in the way we practiced at all. Uh, that was big. I know that uh, the tight end room is kind of banged up. I think when he was listing off the people that were out with injury for spring practice, I think he listed almost every tight end but Isaiah Cummings. And I think that's going to be a big spring for him anyways with Liam coming back. I think 
I, I, I was I was with you, Roush. I know you said one day on roll call, like I'd already pre-written the Isaiah Cummins enters the portal. And then here came Liam Cohen into the scene and everything was he, – he's back. And Mark said he even had a big day in practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark actually talked a little bit about uh, Keyshawn Silver. I know he was asked a couple times and other times he would bring him up. Uh, and he really likes his intangibles. So there was a lot going on yesterday over at the spring practice. I know you were uh, uh, lucky it was over there with us, and I talked with him some. But it's 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 fun time of year at spring practice just to give you like a little taste of yes. what you're going to be getting. That's it's it's a good little thing to throw into us. I love it. The um, and and especially with Leary, the part of your goal, and even. Stoops talked about this too, is you, you need to find a backup. And, um, you know, uh, he, he does the thing too, where he's like, no, trust me, I'm being serious. They all look better. And I'm Mark, the more you try to insist upon us that they all look better, the harder it is for me to believe you. But th- th- that's part of it, right? Like they, they have to split up reps, but the good news is, is that Leary, it doesn't look like, you know, he took anything off. Um, it's he's starting as normal. Um, so I'm I'm with you there. And the other injury news that was um, significant is that there's only two healthy tight ends outside of walk-ons um, because Bates had that off-season shoulder surgery. Uh, Caddis had an off-season procedure, and um, I guess I thought, I thought Jordan Dingle Ding, played Ding. in the bowl game. Yeah, Dingle. Um... Dingle, he, he he was the other one that they said was out until further notice. Uh, did, I can't remember, he, though. Did he play in the bowl game? I thought he played in the bowl game. So maybe it was something where he waited because it wasn't as bad. Um, but you know how it goes with spring. Uh, they're going to operate out of an abundance of caution, particularly when they know that, okay, Brendan Bates has been here six years. Why are we rushing him back, right? And yeah. We, the, 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 big, the big thing, Roush, was that for me wasn't. I'm sorry, I, my internet worked ahead, a little bit, and I ahead. heard you talking after. But uh, the big thing for me was too. Mark was insistent about talking about special teams yesterday to let us know that he, they were trying to fix it. He said there's a lot of work to be done there, but he mentioned it two or three times, and even said, you know, you normally don't do this, but we're we're getting ten full reps of kick at least a day uh, right now. Yeah, sounds like the kicker stink. Is that am I being too harsh? No, and he's like <laughs> he kept talking about how we love our new special teams as coach organization, and and we're but immediately you know how he normally gives us ah, it's good, but and then no, it was straight when they asked, somebody asked about special teams, he said a lot of work to be done there, but the immediate answer, and then uh, went straight into what was going on with that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, work in progress, if you will. Um, and how it is with a lot of things, if they don't get it fixed this spring, then then you got a portal that you can you look at some stuff. But I did want to say with the tight ends, though, because you, you brought up Cummings. Cummings is the only guy with any experience that's playing there right now. Everybody else is injured. So it's a valuable moment for Kamari Anderson, who's an Under Armour All-American from Detroit, a late addition to the recruiting class where – um, Kentucky had been keeping tabs on the Detroit prospect. Luke Fickle goes to Wisconsin, and then Vince is like, oh, 
don't mind if I do. Strolls on over, gets Kamari Anderson. So he's going to get a significant amount of reps as a supposed-to-be high schooler. And even though it probably isn't going to translate this fall, that's the kind of thing where, uh, similar to Jordan Dingle as a redshirt freshman this year, the, the, the learning curve shrinks so much that when his number is finally called, he's just ready. So I, I, I think that's significant, even though we might not uh, feel it right away. That's something that we're going to certainly um, get when, 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 when his number, number 82, is ultimately called uh, down the stretch. Yeah, that was for me. That was a big thing. Like as soon as we came in, you know, you know the question. He he opens up about Devin, and then then he goes straight into the injuries, and we started naming them off. And I was sitting there thinking, like, who who's who's left? And like you said, <laughs> I thought about. And then I, after that, I immediately asked him. I said, you know, since I we got some guys out at some positions we've seen in the past, and Roush, we've talked about this before, just in sitting around and stuff. He this this guy's. This that helps these guys so much when they do come in early. And I asked Mark about that yesterday. I said, "How beneficial is it is it for him?" And he talked about last year, you know, Dane and Dion. Like that's when you started seeing that stuff. And you said like mm-hmm. Dingle the year before. Even if he said that, even if it's not helping right now, it is so important for these guys to get on campus early, learn the playbook, get these reps because there's guys that are going to be out that you can know you can rely on in spring practice. And I just think that is huge for these guys, even down the road, to kind of almost give them a step up and knock the, the freshmanness off when they're not mm-hmm. coming in in the summer. Which um, he's not a, a freshman, but the the first guy that and, – and this is very unlike Mark Stoops. I mean, Dylan, how, how long have you been showing up at press conferences now? Uh, the COVID year was my first year for football. Okay. Uh, so I guess this will be my this was uh, this will be my fourth. This one coming up. This football season will be my fourth. So it, you you've you've heard, you know how he operates. Pretty unusual for him to just kind of like it's a big dude right away with a guy who just showed up on campus. I was shocked at how much praise he had for Keyshawn Silver. Yeah, that was for me. That was like I even mentioned when, when you was like, what what hit you? Uh, that was that was mine. I walked out of there like walked in like you can you know how it is. You can tell by your questions of what somebody's kind of what they're wanting to write about later. I was asking all the questions of like uh, how much did, uh, you know, Danky and Barry and like, you know, how much are you looking for them to improve? And uh, what what how does it help the guys who come in early? I was wanting to go that route. And I walked out and I, I've got to write about Keyshawn Silver because Mark <laughs> thinks this guy's going to be a dog. Like that, uh, that the, the Keyshawn Silver thing is, uh, like I, I went back afterwards and was looking at, I was working on some stuff and I was looking at some stats from North Carolina. There's not much there. No. But when you look at the intangibles and Mark and them have done well with guys like that, haven't they? Maybe they're a little bit lackluster at other places and they, or, you know, just needed the extra bump, but the intangibles were there. I mean, of course, our biggest product, Will Levis. I mean, but that, I know it's a different situation. But they've done well with those guys, and I, I think I think Mark think might think that Keyshawn's it because he even mentioned as he was leaving, he's like, "I like where we're at." It knows, you know. So I think I think that that's that was the big story coming out of yesterday, and that was the latest addition after Justin Rogers transferred. That was one that we didn't expect late in the portal of that last round. 
Yeah, and, and the other side, too, it's not only the lack of production that made you wonder if this would be a good fit or not. It was the it was the, the reason why he had a lack of production there, and it was because of weight issues and it, it, injuries. And, you know, some of these guys keeping their weight, man, it's tough. It's just, it's just tough for them. And so you kind of had a little bit of trepidation about the move whenever UConn was really his only other transfer portal option. But, um, I mean, when Dion showed up to campus, you you got the same kind of like, that guy looks good out there, man. He just looks good. And even if Silver isn't making – even if he isn't flashing out there – and and that's, that's, that's another part too where you have to have the caveat that – Hey, they aren't wearing pads on this this first week. It's they're, they're it's just slowly easing them in. But to have a front line that's as big as they are, and also to to mention too that Ox is back to looking like an ox, right? He he lost too much weight uh, last year, and now they're they're getting him back to where he needs to be um, after his knee injury in twenty twenty one. Having that formidable defensive line. Um, even if they aren't creating a ton of havoc, if they're stuffing the run, then you can, and they're, and they're holding up blocks, then that, that opens up opportunities for Trevin Wallace to make plays not only in the run game, but then to, to blitz that guy. Because that dude, he comes in screaming like a bat out of hell <laughs> whenever they're dropping back to pass. So I I was not expecting Keyshawn Silver um remarks this early I, I was not expecting the praise this early when doing my kind of previews i said he was a wild card and th- this wild card is uh turned out to be a pleasant surprise so far so i'm um, a, a reason for kentucky fans uh to be excited um there's also something too that we got to mention dylan because even though we aren't seeing it up close and personal for another few weeks they're starting to share pictures and stuff did you see? Did you see Barry on Brown? I looked through those pictures like last night, and I was looking through this morning. I don't. I didn't look at the Barry on Brown picture. I'll, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Uh, but that what what was going on with him? It didn't stick out to me. I must have been just like it's, uh, it's, half asleep or something last night when I was looking at him. It's because it doesn't look like him. He's wearing number seven, and I. I oh yeah, that's what you're referencing to. I, I tweeted that out yesterday, and people were like, "I tweeted out yesterday that Barry was moving to number seven. And the, my most common response was, "Oh my god, I just bought a number two jersey." <laughs> well, there's also a, "Wow, the dudes look so good on you, Barry on. Why are you changing it up? It's look great." I, I know that's going to take some getting used to there. I, I hope we're not in another DeAndre Square situation where we're getting somebody changing every year. But that was it. That. You're right. That's uh, I. I didn't. I'd noticed. I'd. I'd put that out earlier in the day, and I hadn't looked at it in the thing. But it. I, I'm gonna miss the number two on him. I. I'd got used to it already. Especially saying the deuce is loose. It's just. Oh, that's uh, for a guy with so much speed. Who was number seven? Uh, QB one. Oh yeah, that's right. Duh. Yeah, that's right. He took over for uh, young. Uh, one young Will Levis um, took his number. The other number change is Jordan Anthony was 13. Leary took that over, so he's wearing the zero. Uh, Ray Davis is a newcomer. He's rocking the number one this year. And Jatah McClain went from 17 to four as a running back. 
But some of these, it just, I don't know. Call me old-fashioned, but actually, just call me old, because that's what it is. Is I, I, I feel old, Dylan, whenever I see these guys. They're changing numbers, and then I feel uh, it's just uh, – but, but that, that's the wrong person. That's the wrong number. And my brain scrambles. It's a, it's very much an old man adjustment. I have to recalibrate every spring. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I'm not going to be an old man about it, but it's going to take me a while to get my wheels turning to get them going. Um, but that's just. And that's for, yeah. Go on. That's, uh, that for me is going to take some getting used to. And I think, for, for instance, like you saw last year when they were in Nashville, like Barry on was the guy that was getting posted on Instagram. Barry on was the one doing the photo shoots. Barry on's the one in all the graphics. Barry, like, you know, it's not just like, no offense to Mr. Jordan Anthony or Josiah Hayes. Like that, that, like you're, that'll, that doesn't take as much getting used to because that's not somebody you're looking at every play. Uh, but, you know, maybe the predominant kind of face of your place kind of guy that I think Barry on can be. I know you don't see that out of wide receiver much. And of course we've got Devin, but I, it's, it's going to take some getting used to, that's for sure. So I, I'm curious, Dylan. One thing I, I, I appreciate and respect the hell out of you is you aren't too shy to ask questions. And I, I it's, it's one of those things, it, it, it took me a while to kind of um, muster up the courage, if you will. You know, I started doing this, I was. 21 year old kid and you know you, you you're around all these people who've been doing it for years and it's a big crowd and you're just how, all right how do i fit a question in um so i would just kind of hang out with avery williamson who was my, my pal uh and and he tossed him some softballs and that kind of got me warmed up to be able to do this you you never you're never shot was there uh do you, do you remember the first time you asked a question in a big in a big spot was there was there any nerves when you when you stepped up to the plate um i there wasn't a ton of nerves for me uh but i i was a little nervous and the thing that threw me off and you're gonna understand this uh it was in a john calipari press conference Ooh. it was and uh i asked him a question and you know how he does nick i think he noticed i was new i was sitting about halfway back and he asked me a question back. Oh, man. And I does that. And I was like, no, no, John. I was sitting there thinking. I knew where it was going as soon as I asked it. And he goes, like, he'd been talking all day about backdoor whatever. And I asked a very generic Rouse question. I bustered up the courage. I'd, like, told myself, like, it's a good question. I was really just asking, like, what were the keys to winning tonight or something like that. And he was like, well, what do you think the keys were to win the game tonight? And it was like uh, not getting beat on backdoor cuts. And he's like, exactly. The new guy gets it right. And it was, I felt like I had, uh, could have wiped, took a rag and wiped the sweat off me for two days because I was so nervous when he asked me the question back. So that was the, and since then, I think it kind of broke it for me. And now if I'm working on something that I need some answers to, I just ask it now because John Calipari just broke me in well. I agree, Dylan. Roush, you still there? That, uh, is my mic working? There we go. Is it working? Yes, sounds my, way better. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, the, yeah, John Calipari that, breaking me in was uh yeah. was 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 nice of him because that that broke all the that broke the ice when he asked me the question back. 
I I mean, you 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 swung for the fences too on the first one. I mean, that you you basically got the most difficult part out of the way because you know it was the worst part with Cal is when you try to ask him something and he just does he just like he just does doesn't even talk about it right. You'll say, man, Jacob Toppin played a great game. Yeah, but how about Lance? You know, so th- those can be frustrating. Um, I-, I had some experiences like that, but it was with Shannon Dawson or DJ Elliott, and those are a little bit. You're 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 more so. Like he's getting contentious instead of Cal, who's over there just trying to make a point. Uh, although I gotta say, Dylan, I hate when he does that, just for a purely. You can't use the quotes because it just doesn't make any sense when he's doing his whole thing. Like the other day, I, I was working on an article about like the, the progression of Antonio Reeves' defense. And I said, and I asked him simply just like, Coach Cal, you know, four or five games ago, can, you said that you couldn't play Antonio because he was getting beat so bad on backdoor cuts. What has he done to get better on that? And he was like, you know, he's gotten better, but. How about Chris? You've been noticing him? And I was like, I like Chris. I'm not writing an article on Chris right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on something on Antonio. I'm asking you about Antonio Reeves' defense, Ooh. not Chris Livingston's rebounding. And I know fans are probably like, that doesn't matter. You know, the, the Cal Sunshine Pumpers are probably thinking I'm crazy for saying that. But that's the, you you get it. And I know it's yeah, not yeah, the end yeah. of the world. But you get job. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's oh man, that's funny. That's funny. Um, but I'm excited. Are you are you going to be making the trip down to the Southeastern Conference Tournament, Dylan? I am. We uh, we're leaving out. Uh, I'm, at, I'm I'm going down and doing photo, so I'll be on the court down there uh, at the SEC tournament. And I am leaving Thursday. I originally wasn't going to, uh, but one of my buddies is going to go with me and just kind of come down and hang out during the day. And when we're not doing this and doing that, he, he knows my media obligation. So he just kind of hangs out and he got a pass. He'll go into some games and stuff. So it's going to be fun. Uh, we weren't going to go down Thursday, but we honestly just kind of want to go watch Auburn, Arkansas and get settled in and, and get, and get, you know, go to the media. We'll call do the whole nine and get everything set up so that you can be in there for that first Alabama game uh on on friday and uh so we're gonna be heading down thursday and hopefully coming back sunday um since i've been doing this roush i said i've been doing it covid was my first year of kind of being actually on the beat and um so i've never covered a tournament win i've never covered a a really good sec run um really my only fun thing to cover has kind of been the the citrus bowl with will levis in that group so I'm I'm excited for the possibility of, of a good run, mm-hmm. and um, the thing though that worries me is is and Roush and I didn't know if this is where you, if you if you're wanting to go here we can wait. But uh, Kaysen Wallace didn't practice yesterday. Neither did C.J. Frederick. Uh, they they said that Wheeler didn't either. But Cameron Mills even said on the official UK broadcast last game in the pregame. I was listening to it on my drive to see somebody and he even said that he doesn't think and that's somebody with the university there on their official broadcast he said he's been told for weeks there's a possibility that wheeler won't be back uh and so i think we've kind of seen the last of him but not seeing those two guys practices i know we won last game and it's possible but I, i i want i want those two guys in full health for this run yeah and and i'm not too worried about 
the Monday practice aspect of it. Where, I mean, I don't think too many people are. If you're if you're somewhat banged up, you're just going to sit at this point, right? So it matters a little bit more if this was Thursday and we were getting an update. Then I'd be a little bit more concerned. But as of now, it's like, yeah, guys, take a break, take a load off, do that treatment, get that healed up, be ready to rock and roll. Um, I'm excited for you though, all right? Because that I I got to like I, I did a couple SEC tournaments for work where I got to be up. You know, sitting in the the media gallery up close because unlike at Rupp where you're typically upstairs, you get to sit basically courtside. So you know, I'm hanging out with Joe Tess before the game, and um, I'm walking around with a GoPro on my head. Like it, it was just it's so cool having that vantage point and being there for all the action. And uh, Kentucky, I think they won both of the times I went in 17 and 18. So. It was just, it was thrilling. So I'm, I'm excited you get that experience. Have you, were you an SEC tournament guy as a fan? Kind of a let's go down there and party for a week sort of sort of guy too? Yeah. So I, my dad also owns a business. It's kind of why I went that route. And, but that was the one thing my dad was willing to take off work for was me, him, and my brother would load up, man, get a hotel room. And some years we'd play it by the game. Like if we uh, – terrible sounds. If we didn't have a ton of faith in Kentucky, we'd buy tickets for the first game and go down there and kind of scalp, even if it ended up costing us more. And some years we'd buy a book. And uh, we, though, did that for years. Me and my brother and my dad, we're all very busy people at work now. Uh, but that was the one thing we kind of made on our calendars. You're taking off for the SEC tournament. Dad would even let us miss school uh, if it wasn't spring break. So that was uh, – that was – I was a huge SEC tournament guy, even like, you know, we knew we were watching the tournament, the NCAA tournament games at home and having people over. But the SEC tournament has been a in my rotation for a long, long time. And I, going down there to do like cover it now, it's it's kind of different. But man, the SEC tournament's just my favorite. I love championship week. Of course, March Madness, there's nothing better. But I love everything about the SEC tournament, going and watching Mississippi State, Florida, like the random games even. Like one year I saw LSU in Florida and LSU hits a buzzer beater to beat the number one Florida seed. Like the Kentucky stuff's fun, but I'm like so like tense in those games. Like, well, I was when I was a fan. That, but like getting all the other games that you kind of don't care about that you can move down like real close to the floor. Right, that, That's right. the fun stuff. Yeah, I, I think it was the, you know, watching Ben Simmons just be – not care at all and watching them lose that game. That was hilarious. Um, it it hasn't been as great for the full book casual viewers, at least early in the Calipari era, but it's gotten much better. I mean, it's, the SEC in general is so much better. So, um, I mean, Friday we could have usually eight tournament teams playing uh, on SEC tournament Friday. So it's a lot of fun. It is different too, though, because Nashville is so damn expensive now. Um, we – especially when I got right out of college, it was almost like a, a college reunion, if you will. Um, just going down there and seeing your buds, everybody's having a great time. Like it was a ball. Um, but I do, I, I'd like to see the SEC tournament to shake it up every once in a while. Nashville's great. Maybe let's, let's, let's do the new Orleans thing every once in a while. Or, you know, maybe let's, let's give uh Let's give Atlanta the old try. We don't. We, we don't have to do. I. I just the the Tampa and St. Louis though. Uh, I, as much as I like going to other places, I, I don't need St. Louis in, in March. 
Tampa, okay, fine. It's warm, but I, I don't need St. Louis in March. No, and that's that's the thing. I like it being in Nashville for the simple fact of I can drive down the morning of if I want to, or if you know, if Kentucky loses and we're doing one of the things where they go to we do the media meeting at John's Calipari's house and we lose on Saturday, I can make it back and I mm-hmm. don't have to wait on flights. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all that yeah. stuff is cool. That's a nice aspect to it. But last year in Tampa was fun. Like you said, it's a little far. But I I want to like, you know, I've never been I've never been to an SEC tournament but one time in Atlanta and I was so young, I don't really remember it. But like that's <coughs> sorry, that's the thing. Like I, it's going to be in Nashville for so much and so long. I guess that's mm-hmm. becoming the hub for it. But I'm with you. Switch that bad boy around. Throw it, like, maybe even, like, one year. I know this is kind of out of everybody else's range, but, like, one year in Louisville, one yeah. year, you know, one year, yeah, one year somewhere in the Carolinas. Like, even maybe mix it up from where we've been before. I, I don't know. I just don't – I don't like the staying in one location because it's the one trip me and my family, even my parents are coming down this weekend, even though I'm doing media – that we do, we don't really do much together like that anymore. We're close, but we're all so busy. Let's let's mix it up. Let's we don't we don't have to go to Nashville like you said. It's becoming more and more business oriented. Like it it used to kind of be the hole in the wall place we all went, even though it was a big city. Now it's becoming so industrialized and so expensive over right. there in Nashville. Um, let's let's go try some other places out. I don't need you know the forty fifty dollar buckets of beer. It's just it's too much. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you? You getting a thirty-five dollar cover to getting Blake Shelton's? Yeah, place. I mean, like, so we were drinking two-dollar beers at at Kilroy's last weekend. In that, that's what I need to to really get the party going. You know, that's what I need. Yeah, Nashville used to, you know, used to be that scene. It's not really that scene anymore. Uh, like, you know, it's all the industrialized country singers, bars on the strip, and the malls there in the. The honky tonk. Like right you got to be a and... music singer to to own a bar down there. I think Garth Brooks even has one now. I mean, it's yeah, and that's I can't I, I can't imagine I can't imagine it's going to get even worse when the Titans get that stadium built and they start bringing in even bigger hotels and yeah. bigger this yeah. and bigger that because they're going to start hosting stuff like Final Fours and Super Bowls and that kind of stuff and the, the city's going to be prepared for it. That's for sure. You can find cheap yeah, bars in Nashville. Like much of the old man though. I need to. We're we're gonna shake off the old man vibes. We're gonna quit complaining, scoots about beer prices because it's it's gonna be a blast. And I know the folks that are making their way down there. Hopefully, they get to see uh, an extensive run, a lot of wins forecasted in the Wildcats' future. We can talk about that and much more in our number two of Kentucky roll call. Also, need to get to the Thornton's text on five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Is that number you text in? We talk about it. It's a lot of fun. And championship week. I think I'm going to get some picks for the for the folks, Dylan. We got, we got four championship week games tonight. Let's let's do it. Let's. I love picking a good uh, game that includes somebody like a like a Northern Kentucky. You know, get some picks in of uh, who's yeah. going to be who's going to be dancing. Yeah. Going to the big dance. We're going to dance away through this dub, daily double break. We got Dylan Ballard on. We got Justin Taylor. I'm Nick Roush. This is Kentucky Roll Call. On big
you say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back into hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. On the Big X. Sports Radio, WXBW, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. I am Nick Roush. That was Dylan Ballard, our friend from Sea of Blue, chiming in for one sports talk and TJ Walken, who's going to be back tomorrow. And then uh, we also got Justin Kalen in the studio with us during championship week, where today we're going to get to your text on the Thorns text on 502-414-1450. Best way to fuel up. Through championship week. Make sure you've got plenty of caffeine with their fresh hot coffee. They got the things too. Dylan, I don't know if you're a coffee drinker. But even if you show up at 7 o'clock at night, you can get a fresh cup of coffee. They grind it up right there for you. It's wonderful. Thorns, it's it's simply the best. It's I, I'm not a big coffee drinker. But strictly because of Kentucky Roll Call. I was in Louisville the other night. And we had to stop and get gas on our way out of town. And I was like, we got, we got to find the Thorntons. And it was just, an, it was, it was a great experience, Roush. It was, uh, they had the nice self checkouts, or the other lady was checking people out, and I just kind of rushed through that self checkout and in a gas station that was picked up some Gatorade and stuff for the, for the trip back. And it was, it, it was a nice experience. I enjoyed my Thorntons experience almost as much as I enjoy my Salsarita experience every time <laughs> I go to Louisville. And uh, we. Uh, so Kentucky Roll Call hooking me up for my business trips in Louisville for see, my gas station and food needs. See, this is the power of advertising. We've got Dylan Ballard thinking like he he's he's barely even in Thorns, but he's got the frequency reward app, and he's barely in Louisville for the Salsaritas, and he's craving mildly addictive chips. Okay, while I'm wearing my shady rays. Exactly. So if, if you aren't getting in on the advertising experience on the Big X. Uh, what's what's his, what's Dugan's email? D Ryan at Big X at sports sportsbuzz.com. What, what what is that, Scoots? I think it's Big X Sports Radio.com. Okay, okay, yeah. Hit up Dugan. Get in March. It's the busiest time of the year around here. Not only um, are we covering the Cats and the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers, uh, definitely not the Cards because they're 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 done after today. But um, we also have scoots calling games on the radio. We got a lot of people, uh, sectional action, a lot, lot of games happening. Now is the time. Strike when the hour's hot. Advertise with the Big X Sports Radio. Um, speaking of basketball, we got postseason awards, uh, Dylan, and I, I'm going to break a promise I had to the listeners. What's that? I said I was going to be done being an old man, but I've got one more old man take I've got to get in because – Yesterday, they released the All-SEC first team, and there was eight players on it. How many um, uh, basketball court, heck? Dylan? Five. There is five players on a basketball court. I will. I don't still to this day do not understand why they have started doing this. I mean, so, okay, I can understand having a first-team All-American team, and it's not point guard, two guard, three, four, five. You know, I understand not – not having to slot players to every single position in basketball because, you know, sometimes there's just a, a plethora of awesome big men, and that's kind of going to be the case this year. I bet there will be three centers slash forwards on on th- this team, um, this upcoming All-American team, if you will. 
But having eight players, just no, you can't. Uh, uh, participation trophies, you know, that's our parents' generation. That It's their fault that they gave them to us. But having eight players, it just doesn't make any damn sense. And really, we got co-six man of the year for Antonio Reeves and Javon Quinterly. Reeves had twice as many points as Quinterly. Why are we splitting this award? It's just it's it, it drives me nuts. Quinterly didn't even and I, nothing against old our boy Quinterly there, but he was literally lower than Antonio Reeves in every one of the major categories. I know with the way they both play, it was like nothing much on the rebounds and assists. But he averaged double the points he did, and he still averaged a little bit more on the rebounds and the assists. There was no, I did not get that at all. I thought it was clear cut. Him, I, I'm with you. Even like this, I know Stackhouse did well this year, but it was Buzz Williams award. Give it to one guy. Just give it yeah. to one guy. This is this isn't like you said. This isn't kindergarten. That's just give it to one guy. Do five players on a first team, five players on a second team. Do either do a third team, yeah. honorable mention or something. And that's exactly. It. Yeah. If you want to add more players, just add a, another team. Do the Phil Steele thing. He has four teams when he gives at his all conference awards. So to make sure that he's, you know. He gets in all the bios for all that, right? Like that—that's good business for Phil Steele. But I just—I I don't understand it. Well, at least I hope that the the media, um, when they do their postseason selections, that they might be a little bit more selective. But I'm not—I'm not holding out any hope because it's just—it's it, gotten out of hand. So there's there's one more complaint to 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 put in the complaint department for Tuesday. Matt, I do want to ask you this, Roush, and this is a question, like kind of this is, then I promise we're going to get off the old man stuff because I'm, I'm with you on that boat there. What do you think about when they give a player who's missed a lot of time a singular award? Like Liam Robbins, great player, but, you know, he missed so much time and he won Defensive Player of the Year. Or like even Dante Allen in the state of Kentucky played 12 games his senior year and still won Mr. Basketball. They may be the best defensive player, or it was clear Dante Allen was the best player in the state of Kentucky in high school basketball that year, but they're just not putting in the the, the amount of games because of the the injuries. At least in the, the Dante Allen case was, was a little bizarre because he didn't play, I don't think, in the second entire second half of the season. Like the calendar turned to a new year, and I don't I don't think he played one game if I if I recall, he got hurt a little bit before Christmas, which yeah, he played twelve total regular season games. Which that year. Doesn't, doesn't even feel like, at least in Robbins's case, he he, I felt like he got a good enough body of work in, um, but also it was he better than Castleton, <laughs> you know? I mean, who did play more games? So. Uh, I, I think if I'm going to draw a line, though, you need to play in at least 50% of the games. That, that, that's, that's where I'm, I'm going to say, if you play in more than half of them, you know, injuries injuries suck. They happen. They're a part of it. But if you at least get half of the games in, then I'm all right with it. Yeah, and that, the, the, it's just to me that's the – and like you said, Liam played in quite a bit of games, but there's so many other guys out there that are good at what they do. And uh, – I. I'm not big on the participation or the, the injured guys getting this stuff. Like like Castleton's missed a few games or, you know, that kind of stuff. But this, I'm with you. But I tell you one thing that I, I think that I think we kind of some of the words were chalk that like, like, yeah. you know, I Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller to win player of the year, SEC freshman of the year. Uh, 
you know, I expected Antonio Reeves to walk away with that one. I expected Buzz Williams or Nate Oates one to win that, but really Buzz Williams. But um, so there was there was not really anything that surprised me too bad. I like you said, the eight players on the first team or how many ever they did do um, was. But it, it was good to see that Oscar uh, made first team, I think, even despite having a little bit of a letdown in certain parts of the year. Oscar definitely still deserved thirteen or, or first team. When you're putting up those kind of numbers, you're you're gonna be first team. And then of yeah. course, Casey Wallace and Chris Livingston both on the all freshman team, which I think had ten or eleven people on it. But <laughs> getting off that, but uh, a, a good year from the two freshmen, and especially a good year from Oscar. Yeah, and as much as uh, closer to home, you we're, we're watching these games. We see his deficiencies uh and so we know that he isn't the same oscar that he was a year ago he's still i'm glad that in all of these player of the year conversations that he's still in the he kind of made he made the cut for all the finals he's not going to win any of them but he's 16 and 13 this year i believe that's only one point less and two rebounds less than his national player of the year he's still the nation's top rebounder right like uh and he's over 56% from field goal. And I think he's gotten it. This is just anecdotal, but it feels like he's gotten a lot better from the free throw line as well. So I, I'm glad that even though he's not the same Oscar Shibwe, uh, he still is being in consideration for all those top awards because we're taking for granted his double, double production. Uh, remember when it felt like Julius Randle got a double, double every game. I mean, Oscar's, Oscar doing that and even more. Dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it felt like PJ did that a lot too. But Oscar just has made the the twelve and thirteen. Like I'm sure some people would think that Oscar played a bad game in Arkansas when he had twelve points and thirteen rebounds. It's crazy. And that's the thing. Even with like Julius Randall there towards the end, you were used to it. As crazy as that sounds, and I, I personally think Julius Randall. If you go by at Kentucky. Uh, well, in the NBA as well now, but if you go back at Kentucky, I think Julius Randle was one of the three or four best players of the Cal era. And I, I one of my favorite players took us on that run. But it's the, like him and Oscar in that same boat of you're just so used to it at this point. Mm-hmm. We have talked about that extent on our show, and I've heard you guys talk about it. Jacob Toppin uh, Saturday ends with 21 points, and Reeves, of course, the 37. And Oscar came away with 12 and 13 in about 15 less minutes of play and only thing we're talking about is the elbow because he's he with him because he's he's got us so used to that you know we could have who would ever imagine we would have a guy averaging 16 and 13 and we're talking about he's having a bad uh, you know a, a little bit of a disappointing game when he's got 13 and 12 but only played 25 minutes <laughs> it's crazy Crazy. You you brought something up though. I think we've got some good uh, some good radio content here. Where does Oscar Shibwe rank among the John Calipari players? If we have to do a top five ranking, I think I think Anthony Davis is always going to be a definitive number one. But where does Shibwe rank after that? See, that's the thing for me, and I know it's not all dependent on March. Um, but for me, I do want to see before I put him like really, really, really high. And I know that's crazy. He's the first ever consensus 
uh, All-American. You know, I, I'd like to – that team kind of collapsed last year as much as people don't want to admit it. Uh, they looked pitiful in the SEC tournament. And then they – I know the upset with St. Peter's upsets do happen every now and again. But that team didn't look good since the Tennessee win at Rupp last year, in my opinion. Um, and then this year we saw where we thought they were going to collapse again. Just because of the, the constant collapses of teams he's on, as bad as this is before, I want to put him like towards the top, top, top. Mm-hmm. I would like to see, I would like to see a little bit of production in March. Maybe you know what I'm saying. Even like yeah, the Walton, oh, yeah. kind of let up because well, the Walton the reason- didn't let up. They they lost in the lead eight though, or something like that. I would like to see at least maybe get out of the first weekend. Yeah. Now for me though, I'm gonna put Wall. I'm gonna put. I'm going to put Wall. I'm going to put Ulysses right now. I'm going to put Davis, Randall. Maybe he's in that range, but I, where do you put him with the, up there with those kind of guys? See, and that you, you make a good point because March makes a lot of these players. And the reason why you almost have to put De'Aaron Fox in consideration is because he scored 39 points against Alonzo Ball in the Sweet 16. I mean, that just is a. It's it's one of the greatest scoring efforts ever in Kentucky basketball history in the NCAA tournament. I think Insel had a forty point game. You had the goose was golden in the championship game against Duke. You had Tayshawn against Tulsa, and then De'Aaron Fox is right there. So, um, and and that's where it's tough for me because I I really like the Fox Monk. They were such great scorers. Um, and I know, shout out to our guy, Big Boy Drew, he believes t- the real T. Jones is one of the most underrated. So, um, and then we get to the other March hero, which was Brandon Knight. That got Kentucky its first Final Four. He had a buzzer beater. He had 30 points against West Virginia. Um, and then, and that was a buzzer beater, Scoots. I, I believe it was like 1.2 on the clock when he hit that layup against Princeton. Is 1.2, does that count as a buzzer beater? Absolutely not. A buzzer beater is with zeros on the clock. I don't All know. Right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to find it because I, I think it was right at the buzzer. Um, I celebrated like it was anyway. But he had that shot. He had the 30-point game against West Virginia. He had the big shot to the go-ahead game winner with 10 seconds on the clock uh, against Ohio State. So that's why I, I think right now, Oscar Shibwe would probably be just outside of the top five because I'm giving I'm giving March more benefit of the doubt right here. Where I would even though Brandon Knight wasn't an All American, uh, it's just, it's such a hard drill. But I've got to put some of these March heroes ahead of them, right? I just it's just if 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 not, then 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 you're saying you're not putting the proper weight on what matters most in this sport, and that is March. Yeah, for me, that's 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 kind of where I'm at. And I think there's a balance, right? Like, we're not going to put – I think Aaron Harrison's by far the most clutch player of the Cal era. Yeah. But we're but not going to put Aaron Harrison in the top five but, but just strictly on March. Yeah, but I could say he's one best, of my favorites, but it's not – he's not yeah. top five, one of the best. So, or he provided the best moment for me as a Kentucky fan outside of 2012 when he did the shot right, or whatever. Right. But if you're your team's best player, like Brandon Knight, like you know, I know Fox and Monk back and forth. But if you're one of your one of those guys, and then you take us on a March run, it, it just holds more weight for me. And I know that guard play wins in March, so we think of those guys like that. But 
I, I'm with you there. I think Oscar's sitting right outside the top five. I know it's crazy to think when he's the first ever consensus all American or all um, national player of the year. But I think for me, you know, Wall, Davis, uh, me, Randall, I know that sounds crazy. And then kind of somebody like Ulysses or Towns or Willie Cauley-Stein probably rounds out that top five for me. And then, then Oscar's right in that next tier right there. Well, and like you said, maybe Fox might. You'd have to sit down and make a list to get him. He's right outside top five for me. And there's also a, a sense of how you feel about these teams when you reflect back on them. And now that could change if they go on a Final Four run, very similarly to what we think about Julius Randle. But I think it would take a Final Four run for me to put Oscar third because the the, the Fox Monk team, I felt like just got – they were the best team in college basketball and just got upset, you know. So I hold them to a higher standard. You know, the first Final Four team, I, I just I, – some of these teams, I just, I'm going to look back on them much more fondly for how they ended – and that's, that's what's on the line this March. Um, this team, I mean, I mentioned it a few weeks ago back on the show, but Oscar Shibway, did they, they, won, they won one game in the SEC tournament last year, right? They won on Friday. But that's, that's all Vandy, they beat Scotty Pippen Jr. Yeah. Uh, that's his only postseason win so far as a Wildcat. So um, Kentucky needs to, to go on a little run for him here. If – would you be disappointed if they won once and then lost on Saturday and were, were one and done once again in the – or one win and done once again in the SEC tournament? Rush, I'm going to say this, and I have been a sunshine pumper the last week or two. I think if Kaysen's out, and I know we saw the toughness. Jacob Toppin is one of my favorite players I've covered in the four years I've been doing this. Toppin Tuesday, and, baby. Toppin Tuesday. I love this team. But if some reason that they just, like, get Kaysen ready for March now that they know they're in uh, and he doesn't play down there, I wouldn't guarantee beating Dandy. They've won nine of ten. They just beat you. I know you should, and I, I will pick Kentucky. But I don't think Friday is going to be a huge walk in the park like everybody's just like going to Saturday. But I would be disappointed if we just lost on Saturday. That's for personal preference for me just because I've never covered a tournament win. I've only mm-hmm. covered one SEC tournament, one SEC tournament win, and that was against Vandy and Scottie Pippen Jr. So I want to at least make it to Sunday. And then if you lose to Alabama or you catch Tennessee for the third time, something like that, I'm – I'm going to be fine if we lose that. That's not going to bug me, and that doesn't even affect your seating. They've made the bracket on Saturday night with the racer for maybe a couple of those little conferences in case somebody else wins the tournament on a Sunday. But the bracket's pretty much already made. We've seen that in the past. But I would be disappointed in that. What are you wanting to see, Roush, down in Nashville this weekend from this team? Uh, I'm, I'm of the – I either want to win it all or don't want to play it all. <laughs> you know, like there's the in-between I think would, I don't want to say frustrate me, but I either want to win it all and get that feel-good feeling or I want to lose and just tell myself that they're saving it up for the the one that matters most. Because, um, you know, I was listening to Mark Titus talk and it's the way he put it, if, if it did feel like Arkansas was the kind of get-right momentum game for Kentucky to be prepared for March. Um, Because that's really what the SEC tournament has served its best purpose for, is to make us feel like Kentucky is doing all the right things going into the NCAA tournament. Yes, there was the Vandy hiccup, but aside from that, what is it, five five straight in a row? 
if if it means you get an extra week of Casey Wallace's ankle getting healthy just so you can potentially get four straight wins in a row, I'm fine. I, I worry, and this this might be very dumb of me, but it's it it is the dumb brain fan because I I'm a believer in peaking too early. Um, I think last year kind of proved that. I'm I'm worried that about wasting uh, a good run in Nashville. I have that worry. It might sound dumb, but I, I'm worried about uh, it's 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 whenever the guy's really hot in warmups. Uh, save some of those shots for the game. That's that's where I'm at right now. Save some of those three, some of those big performances uh, for the NCAA tournament. For me, Roush, I I'm a hundred percent with you in that avenue. Though, if I think crazy as this sounds, with this team, I think if you're a diehard Kentucky fan, you never, of course, want Kentucky to lose. But I know this sounds stupid, but it might be best for Kentucky to go down there and get beat to death by somebody, and everybody be like, "This team can't win," because every single time we've done that. And uh, every single time we've counted this team out, Arkansas at Arkansas without case and Tennessee on the road, you know what I'm saying? After you get mm-hmm. blown out by Arkansas at home, every single time we've said this team can't win, uh, they just go out and just put out their one of their best performances of the year. So just being on the funny side, you about should probably just hope Vandy just stomps them for Friday night. And then everybody's like, well, they drew uh, they drew NC State, and they're hot and got in the tournament as an 11 seed, and I just don't even think they can beat them. And then, then you'll probably go on a six-game run and be uh, having a parade in Lexington with the way this team has been played. I know I'm being funny, but, man, they, they just – when you count them out, it's like the chip gets bigger, and then they win. I would never want them to lose, but I think that's kind of the way this season's been. And that a run after a loss in Nashville would not surprise me. And we we get the cats at a great number. Scoots, are we are we stupid for thinking this way, or um, are is Big Ten tournament uh, Scoots uh, actually sold on losing in the conference tournament is actually good for you? Uh, my team loses in the conference tournament every year, so I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I do think you're a little crazy. I mean, I would. If I'm a Kentucky fan, I'd much rather win, just mess around and win the SEC tournament and then go into the big tournament with momentum. But, I mean, what you all are saying makes a little bit of sense, I guess. We're also just um, in a very weird spot right sure. now because the, the injury situation just makes it – you're kind of just holding your breath. Oh, because I, I think we all believe in these Wildcats when healthy. There's just uncertainty out there that makes us think crazy thoughts. And that's that's where we're at. We're thinking crazy thoughts. Um, and if you have any crazy thoughts, please share us, them with us on the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450 is the number. We're going to take one final break and then wrap up the show right on the other side. It's Dylan Ballard, Justin Kale, and I'm Nick Roush. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. It's championship week. 
Only Kentucky Roll Call. That's Justin Kalen. I'm Nick Roush. He's Dylan Ballard sitting in for TJ Walker, who will return tomorrow. But the madness of March is the perfect time to enjoy some salsaritas. You'll be mad about their wildly addictive chips. They're amazing, and they're the perfect complement to sitting on your rear end and watching college basketball all day long. We get our first full day of action where ACC tournament games are happening today. Um, so if you want to watch the cards lose, um, by all means, uh, this is the time to do it with a little side of Salsaritas. You can download the Salsaritas app uh, before you go and save some bucks. they got two convenient locations, one on Shelbyville Road in Middletown. The other one is in St. Matthews on Hubbard's Lane. But we have 11.30 a.m. games on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech and Florida State at 2, Louisville Boston College 4.30. We just got games all day. It's so much fun to sit back, relax, and enjoy with a little bit of Salsaritas. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to uh, four championship games tonight. We got a couple big numbers, Oral Roberts and Charleston, both big favorites. Just, you know, it, it won't be much, but an easy little money line parlay with those two will do you some good. I think I'm going to add that with NKU minus one and a half over Cleveland State. Gonzaga uh, St. Mary's could be a decent game too, Scoots. But that, that late night tip, uh, I don't think I'm going to make it. I, I don't think will, I'm going to make it. I will not be watching that. I, I did watch a little bit of St. Mary's last night. Actually, a majority of their game last night. They, they looked pretty good. I, I think they might have something to say for Gonzaga. Yeah, if 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 th- this would be the year to catch them, so St. Mary's get hot, get hot. That would be um, that would be a lot of fun to watch Gonzaga lose. Um, then it would just it'd be nice to wake up to uh, in the morning just check it as I'm turning on Kentucky roll call as on my way to work and see a nice Gonzaga loss. And I, I, I like the mid major story, but I never pull for Gonzaga. Seriously, yeah, they have. Um, they're, they're up there in the top of my hateability rankings. Um, there's no doubt about it. So, uh, four conference championship games tonight. Uh, SEC Big 12 tournaments get underway tomorrow. Uh, so, it's it's then in the Big East as well. Big East starts tomorrow. So, one final day of um, kind of the, the slight calm before the storm, if you will. Well, let's get to this Thorn Stex on 502. 414-1450 is the number. Um, another texture said they, they, they want to know about Scoots as a broadcaster. Do you do radio for any in high school sports? Just wondering why you worked the Fern Creek game. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you get on that one? How'd they sign you? In the broadcasting biz, Plumley Bro, they are we are freelancers. So basically, I'm here. I extend out to all these companies, radio stations, what have you. And I say, I'm a broadcaster. If you need me, hit me up. And that's basically what happened. So, yes, I do work for a couple of Indiana stations, but also work for a company over in Kentucky as well, as I am a, the official voice of the Midway Eagles. <laughs> Did you see the uh, eighth region? Uh, y- your boys in North Oldham fell last night. Oh, did they? I missed that. Yeah, they lost to Woodford County. And Jasper Johnson oh are going to be playing for the eighth region final. Yeah, what, yeah. What I, a bummer! North Oldham's such a better team than Woodford County. Get out of here. 
Are you sure they're better? Or Woodford County has more talent. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. But North Oldham's the better team. No question. Oh, no question. Well, they weren't the better team last night, Scoots. They sure weren't. <laughs> uh, Woodford County is playing Collins uh, in the 8th Region Championship tonight. So, uh, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Do you, are, do you have any more games or is sectionals kind of, are they moving on? I am done with sectional play. Um, as far as I know, I've got nothing on the schedule. I kind of ref- I'm at the spot where I'm refusing to believe that my broadcasting season is over. So, but, oh. so I'm I'm kind of holding out hope that I get one or two more games because I didn't let it sink in last night that that was the end of the season potentially. Oh man, oh man, who who, who lost? Uh, Corden got taken to the woodshed by Scottsburg. Wasn't even close. Embarrassing. <laughs> That's I want some cow to, to listen to Scoots call a game. Scoots, I need you to text me next time that there's a online stream somewhere where I can listen to you call a game. I can do that. I'm going to turn it on for a little bit. I, I would love to hear it. I, I bet I bet you do well at it. I do. I do a pretty good job. But yeah, I, and well, at least in my opinion. But yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up if I get another one. I, I just I love that Scoots puts on his professional voice where we get. We get half-ass scoots. Everybody else gets professional play-by-play. I don't know. I don't know. It's my, just my dream. Roush is to do. My dream is to do color commentary one day with scoots for some game that I have <sighs> no idea what's what's happening at all. And like I, like some players, I don't know who's what's happening for some random school in Indiana, and just get to come over and do color for scoots. I tell you what, Dylan, you live near Lexington, right? Yeah, I live. I live about twenty minutes away from Lexington. All right, I'm so in Lexington every day for work. So next year, when I'm at Midway for Sprint football, I'm just going to have you drive up down the road. You'll do color for me. Deal? Hey, look, I'll do it, Scoots. I All would right. love nothing more. All right, we'll we'll plan that on that. Well, Midway football with old Justin Kalen and Dylan Ballard. Come on, nothing like it. <laughs> nothing like it. Oh, another texture says Roush. I'm sick for your Colts. They had that game one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's even more shocking is J-Town winning back-to-back six region titles after losing their starting point guard the transfer to Trinity this year. Wildly surprising considering how stacked the six region is. That um, cut me deep. Cut me real deep. Uh, I, was, I was in a bad mood there for a little bit last night, but then had to – I've got to do this. So he, here's the thing. TJ likes to bust my chops for, uh, you know, caring too much about high school sports. There is a, a fun, fine line because, for the most part, that's they're the easiest games to attend for a lot of people. So um, we're in no business of shaming people for attending high school sports games. It's a lot of fun. You feel a part of the team. Um, but yeah, I, I do have to remind myself: like you can't, you can't get over the top here. They're just kids uh, who are who are doing their best. They're doing their best, and it's sometimes it's just not good enough. And uh, you gotta you gotta live with it and move on. Man, I was not going to lie. The, the, the kids were struggling to go to bed. And I was just like, of course they freaking blew it again. Damn it. I'm just, oh, I just want to go to freaking rough. Come on. Just one time Nick wants to see the Colts in, in, in Rupp Arena. And I know. So close. Oh, man. I would be do, – I'd be doing the glad handing. I mean, it would just be – whew. A dream. Well, you could you could be in my case, Rash. Uh, Madison Southern's currently got their best player in history. He's a D1 kid. He's really good. 
but he uh it's just in such a tough region and being from Berea, like it's just so unlikely. Like I said, 25, 30 years before they want a region game at all. So that's uh it's 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 disheartening to know that I will probably never see that rough experience either. Well, you know what? There's it's one day it's gonna happen. Just trust it. It's it's gonna happen one day. And you, you know what? It's going to be some Mad South versus Sales at Rupp, and we're going to say it, it'll be the the Paul Rudd meme. You know, the look at us. Who, who would have thought? So you you mark my words, Dylan Boward. You mark my me, words. Me and Ralph sitting there eating some Rupp ice cream at sixty years old, watching some high school <laughs> basketball. Have you have you ever been to Sweet Sixteen? Even though your team's not in, you ever been? Yeah. So Madison Central actually lived right up the road from Madison Central. Now I'm, I'm looking out my back window right now at Madison Central. And uh, so they go quite often. Yeah, and we always yeah. just – I'll know a bunch of the kids. And I help out at a church here in Richmond. So a lot of times they'll, one of the kids from church will be going to the Sweet 16 and we'll go pull for him or something. So I actually go quite often Central. They don't go all the time, but they'll go yeah, at least four or five times every, in 20 years. Yeah, they had the Marquis Estill year where they won it. They had the uh, Dominique Hawkins year where they won it. Uh, what was the kid that hit the shot? That hit the that was a buzzer beater. Scoots, we had a buzzer beater state Ken, championship. Ken Jim, Ken yeah, Jim Bosley. He played. Yeah, there we go. He was a stud at Kentucky Wesleyan. Really? Didn't follow up with him. Yeah, I mean, like. The, yeah, they're all-time leading scorer and, like, the second all-time leading scorer in that conference. Played in the G League for a little bit, went overseas. That kid ended up being really good. The um, – it, it, it is I've, – I've been to, I think, two where I covered it for KSR. And uh, it's just such a unique environment where you have, you know, your kind of state tournament regulars. you got people from all corners of the state. Um and there's just there's an energy there that's just different. I, I, I'm 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 not very good at explaining it, but if you've never been to Sweet Sixteen, if your team isn't good enough, you know maybe just take a day and go up there for uh, the earlier the late session because uh, there's typically some really good basketball being played there. It's 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 a lot of fun, a lot of fun. You know what else is a lot of fun, uh, Dylan? I'm going to guess and go with uh, the Thornton's text line. Well, it's actually cruising down the highway in my Shady Rays on a beautiful morning for spring football. Our guy, Adam Luckett's out there uh, today. He'll have updates from Liam Cohen. And you bet your sweet buns, he's going to be rocking Shady Rays because everybody who's anybody's rocking Shady Rays. All you got to do is use the promo code BIGX when you check out at ShadyRays.com. You're going to get 25% off. Not only do they have a bunch of stylish sunglasses, uh, they're polarized. they got great utility. Absolutely outstanding craftsmanship. Um, and if you break them, if you lose them, all you got to do is pay a small processing fee and they'll replace them. It's a deal that you can't pass up. ShadyRays.com, promo code, big X at checkout. Uh, yeah. Another. Ralph, one more. The Shady yeah. Rays that you guys gave me. I love them. They they're 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 a great addition to the sunglass collection. I keep them in the dash of my truck, and uh, just throw them on whenever I leave uh, some other pairs at the house or just going out to play some golf. I I, I love the shady rays y'all brought to me. You know what? And that's 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 how we treat our people. That's how we treat our people. 
Um, I do want to get to the Thornton's text on too, because I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but one texter says that Rex Chapman responded to a tweet and said that Louisville was his dream school and UK bought him. Did you see this, Dylan? I did not. I'm not. I'm going to tell you something, Roush, that you're probably going to – Scoots is going to be thankful of. Most of the time, if I see significant amounts of political tweets on either side, I'm not saying – I mute the person, so I didn't see anything Rex tweeted. Nothing against Rex, but if I see significant amounts, if the sports, Twitter is for, I hate being this person, but Twitter is for sports and funny videos for me. So if I see tons of political tweets from anybody, even if it's on the opposite side of me or the same side as me, I just mute them. So I, I don't see anything he tweets. Nothing against him. I just don't see anything. Yeah. He tweets. So, I, I love it, Dylan. That moves you up a couple notches on the power rankings. I admittedly have also muted Rex as well. Because the thing is, is sometimes I get the the Rex retweet, which can be a double-edged sword. But he follows me, so I can't just straight up not follow him back. So I just mute it to kind of not see all the stuff. Um, But he's talked openly because Louisville, I mean, when he was growing up, Louisville was the cool team. They were dunking all the time. Felt like a fit. And I also think that yeah, that very well could have happened. He could have got bought. I mean, would you be? Would anybody be surprised? I mean, they went on probation right after that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised. Like with some people, I feel like once you're out of the spotlight, it's always bringing up stories of like the crazy right. things to try to draw attention. Not saying that's just specifically what Rex is doing here, but you see a lot of people do that whenever. Like I know, whenever the spotlight's done. You know what I'm saying? You'll hear constant stories that they know will bring them back into the spotlight. And I ain't saying that's what Rex was doing. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was bought. They went on probation after that. And it's kind of open of what they were doing. But it also wouldn't shock me if it's just, you know, bringing, bringing stuff back up to, you know, kind of stay in, in the news. Rex, he, he had his opportunity to stay in the news. He almost he had a Twitter market cornered in the whole block charge thing. I don't know why he went away from that. He should have stuck to only doing that for the rest of time, and everybody would have known Rex Chapman as the block charge guy. Yeah, but even that shtick get, you know, gets a little old after a while. Um, so, I mean, I get it. Your interests change. Uh, the, the one that I would have stayed in, I would have just, you know, I, I would rather – cover Kentucky basketball and do the pregame show then be on Twitter and like fighting with people. Cause what good does that do? I, I would much rather do that, but that's just me. He's living his life. He's, he's doing what he wants to do. Um, I, what I've enjoyed most though, it, it, even though it does kind of keep you in the news and sometimes you're like, okay, really now's the time you're coming out about it. I do enjoy some of the stories because I want to say it was, which Florida running? It was Fred Taylor who had a story about taking 25K from Georgia and still going to Florida. Like, those stories are hilarious to me. Just get your money, man, and then still do whatever you want. So funny. Um, We're going to get more of those now that nobody cares anymore and we live in a nil era. You know, (laughs) just because really paying for players is like the least of anybody's concern. And that has changed. It's, it's, it's between what do you think's changed more since we were growing up? Attitudes on marijuana or attitudes on paying players in college athletics? Dang, probably overall marijuana. 
but in our, For know, sure. in our sports world, I think it, I, I stay I stay engulfed in the sports world. Like you know what I mean. Business and sports are kind of my life and church and stuff. So I think overall probably that but the one that i see the most is definitely the paying for players but that's also i'm i do this as a job but I, and that's mm-hmm. the thing i look into the most but the, you're probably right it's probably the marijuana has probably been the bigger you know outlook on it definitely the biggest culture change yeah i agree i agree with everything you said the um i did you did any of y'all have to go to dare classes did you all still have dare we did we had a nice dare class when I was, I was in middle and element, uh, middle and elementary school, and then they kind of did away with it right before I got into high school. My dare teacher, got, my my dare police officer, because that's who taught him. He he didn't show up one day because he got arrested for uh, um, improper. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretty sure he was embezzling money somehow through the. He he was doing something wrong. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's why I was exposed to. I, I didn't go. I didn't complete my dare school. And you got to know I didn't like Trevor Kelsey one day. No shot. No shot. <laughs> oh, let's get back to the Thorns text line. We got John here. Good Tuesday morning to all. Hey, first off, thanks Dylan for taking the time to be on the best show on the radio waves. All right, guys. Oh, you got it. Yeah, you can have your report with John. John, I really appreciate this. This is my daily listen. I, I'll throw in other ones. I, I'll throw in the occasional KSR or some of the other stuff they do on Kentucky Sports Radio or even Tom when I'm in Lexington and just got it on actual radio. But I make sure every morning I get my, my workers started about 630 or so. And then on my drive to my job site, I, I listen to Kentucky Roll Call every morning. Oh, man, and we love having you on, just like John here, who says, uh, can we get a team injury report? And as of right now, what's the percentage you all feel Wallace will be playing in the next game for the Cats? Ooh, very good question, John. Thanks for being on there this morning. You make the morning better. Got to go talk to you later. What percentage chance is Casey Wallace playing Friday night against likely Vanderbilt? For me, this is just a total guess. I have no inside sources. Um I'm going to dishearten people. I'm going to go with like 40%. I, mm. think that they're, I think they're under the impression of Roush is of like uh, either win it or you don't. And I think Calipari, we, I hope we're not headed for a PJ Washington situation of where we don't know for the first day of the tournament until that day or something. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some case in Wallace rest since they know they're in the tournament. The way it's been sold and the – Way I kind of believe Casey Wallace to be. I'm actually putting it. I think it's a little bit better than likely that he'll play. I'm putting it at sixty percent. So you're just a little bit less confident than fifty fifty that he's going to play. I'm a little bit more confident, and you know it's both based on nothing other than just a hunch. And that Casey Wallace strikes me as the type of guy that would really uh, would really be. All in, you know, on <laughs> on on making sure that he, he's able to play. It's almost like Dylan can see the text line because the next texter says that the only thing they worry about with Kaysen's injury is Cal pulling a P.J. Washington and not informing us. Yeah. Man, how crazy was that time, too, when we were getting injury updates through Ashton Hagens' Instagram live? 
Exactly. We're looking at Instagram Live. Oh, he's got a boot on. No, he doesn't. He does. He does. I was. I remember just watching like every moment that I could to kind of catch what what was happening. Oh man! Uh, shout out to our guy Adam Luckett, who is an astute observer. In the video highlight package that UK put out of stream practice, there's a lefty snapping the ball. Jagger Burton, a lefty, yeah. might be. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Stoops mentioned yesterday, though, that uh, Roush that Jagger was out with the virus and um, and uh, just for like a couple of days, and he said like Eli moved in great to where he was. So I don't know who they're working at center, but I think they just did that to kind of get Eli some reps at another position to kind of keep him fresh. But that's that's me just guessing with kind of putting comments the here and there together. I do just love looking at the frame by frame because we also after Stoops kind of complained about the kicking, we saw highlight of a kick without did it go through? Was it a good kick? <laughs> you know, well, I'm sure we're gonna yeah, get plenty of Devin Leary throws where we don't know who caught them or if they caught them or whatever it might be. Yeah, but I'd say we we kind of know who they're going to. We probably never went into a season more knowing definitively who's going to be playing the, out wide there. I mean, we've got the three wide receivers and yeah. Dingle and Caddis, and you kind of hope that, you know, you kind of hope to see Cummins a little bit. Bates mm-hmm. maybe coming off some blocks. But maybe Crowdis rise up, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it's think a... that, that the people catching the balls are solid this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird, weird whole new world. Um, Texter says, Scoots, did you say you wanted me to bring you back the purple skirple stinky danky or the Keystone Kush Green Push? That is from TJ, and I will take both. Thank you. Please and thank you. I, I would just love to be in the room when they're coming up with these names for different pot plants. That does, I mean, that can't be accurate. Yeah, me too. Purple skirple stinky danky. There ain't no way. Well, I bet it's the purple skirple, comma, stanky danky, or Keystone Kush, green push. Um, it'd be great, too, if they were regionalized alliterations, too. Um, you know, uh, he has the Keystone Kush, but maybe you have the... Um, Kentucky Kush. Uh, or like the, the Lexington Loud, right? That, that would be one locally you could have... Uh, uh, if Trevor Kelsey was awake right now, he would be loving this conversation. Lexington oh, Loud, that's great. The Lexington Loud, the Mad Mad Mush. I, I don't know. I'm trying to, remember. but yeah, yeah. The Lively Shively. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And it's only a Tuesday. It's only a Tuesday. Not even a Wednesday. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, John here again. One more time. I agree. I would like to save. Uh, the best possible for the big dance. Statistically speaking, since 2010, only 41% teams that have won their conference tournament have went on to win the NCAA championship. But why not us? Why can't we be part of an historic run and be a part of that 41% of champions? Also, this team needs some extra momentum. I love them. I believe they're healthy. They can be champions of both tournaments. Got to go talk to you later. I would say 41% of teams that win it all were also conference tournament champions is actually a very high number, John. I would, I would think I would not have suspected that. Yeah, that, that feels much loftier. And the same thing applies to uh, Luckett has the stat about one seeds. Um, it's not the case for Final Fours, but one center, one seeds win the title about, I think about 40% of titles over that similar span have been one seeds. So, weird. The best teams usually win. <laughs> yeah. 
And the texter was saying, like, we, we didn't want the Kentucky. We don't think – I'm just – we were kind of making banter back and forth. I actually think Kentucky could make a run in the SEC tournament, but it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. I'm, I'm the same way for the tournament. No, nothing's going to surprise me with this team, but I do think they if they have the full team, they could make a run down there in Nashville, where I could see the same thing in March. Oh, it's an exciting time of year, Dylan. I appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, y- y'all can catch Dylan by following him on Twitter – uh, at Dylan Ballard underscore UK. Where else can they find you, Dylan? They can find my work at a sea of blue, and uh, or on by subscribing to the Bluegrass Banter podcast that I do with Ethan DeWitt on the SB Nation Network. And uh, guys, thank you so much for having me on. Scoots, I appreciate all the work you're doing over there. And Roush, anytime you need somebody to fill in when TJ goes on a 17 day extended weekend, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we appreciate you hopping on Dylan Bauer. TJ Walker will be back tomorrow morning for some more Kentucky Roll Call. For Justin Kale and I'm Nick Roush. This has been the Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. Where's the response? Come on, come on.